You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 124, covering Aquiel and Face of the Enemy with Gav Brown. Hello, friends. This time I pressed the record button. Are you sure? I think so. Check again. I'm an idiot. Fortunately, I only did it in front of Matt and this week's guest, Gav. It was the dog. It was the dog. Okay, we're good. We can we can go now. Yes. Uh, What I what I was talking about before, which you didn't hear because I didn't record because I'm an idiot. I think we've Mm -hmm. been through that already. Uh, I'm okay with us going through it again if you want. Yeah, self flagellation is is great. I'm going to I'm going to do our plugs at the beginning so you guys actually pay attention. I might even do them in a silly voice. No, mm-hmm. I probably won't. Um if you would like to write to us uh between seasons, we do supplemental episodes where we answer your questions. It is postatomichorror at gmail.com. If you want to download the show directly or see extra things, it's postatomichorror.com and our pal Gav here has something to tell you about a similar but very different show. Yes, I do a show called Drunken Time Travel, which is basically this, but with Doctor Who, beer, comedy, fun for all so the you're family. Saying, are you saying we don't have comedy? That's that's, that's a, a low blow. I, I didn't say that. I implied it, but I didn't know. I'm <laughs> <laughs> implied, Gav, or said? <laughs> Implode. It's at uh, drunkentimetravel.blogspot.com. And it is fantastic. Uh, yes, it is. As, as we have told some of you before, but uh, we cannot say that enough. And if you are a new listener or a relatively new listener, I think we may still have one or two of those left from uh, from Emerald City. Uh, go back in our archives on postatomichorror.com and you will find a pair of crossover episodes we did with those guys where we sort of compare and contrast Star Trek and Doctor Who with two of our very best friends. We, we just had a lot of fun and... Uh, Yep, yes, great. there's me and uh, English Gav as well. Right. There's the other one. There's two of them. <laughs> <laughs> one one day we're going to have to get him on the show because he doesn't know what Star Trek is. <laughs> that, that you think be... he would have caught on by now, but nope. <laughs> no. no, probably not. I think it's almost time to write to your show and ask what Doctor Who is. Not just yet. Not just but yet. But soon. Okay. Um, All right. Yes. We're, we're stalling, Gav, because... Uh, For very good reason. Yeah. Well, if if nothing else, this episode is one that Matt and I, when we're doing our episode guide, will not look back and say, which one was this? Because it's yeah. got a memorable title, and that title is Aquiel. Yes, I'm doing them in alphabetical order. Ah, well, didn't miss missed, uh, a matter of time and a, what else was it? The Aardvark Initiative. Well, no, no, he was there for that. That was a uh, an animated episode, I think. That oh, was when one. Filmation cut the wings off of Dick Bats and said, hey, Aardvark, see? Yes, and then uh, Hannibal Barrow were involved in it, and so they just ran in front of the same street 17 times. <laughs> but it was a 60s the 60s street, so it was like a sequel to the Edith Keller episode. Ah. And then uh, Kirk flew in a shuttlecraft, and a woman brought out a really big thing of ribs and put it on the side. <laughs> <laughs> no, if it was a follow-up to the Edith Keeler thing, then Bones would be cleaning a basement for six fucking chapters. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do not read the whatever the hell book that was that I'll... I'll get the title of because it is mm. terrible. Yes, wait, wait until Al gets the title. Just don't read any book until no, then. No, don't read any book until I get back to you. Trust me. I've just that. thrown the one I'm reading away. <laughs> yes. And yours is about the Romulans. It has nothing to do with uh, with with Bones cleaning a basement. for. Okay, Gav, why don't you tell us about Aquiel? I would be glad to. Glad. Um, right. <laughs> Aquiel. The USS Firetruck is having... Having done a tour of the relay stations, well, except six, because relay station six are jerks, arrives at relay station 47. It's deserted and looks like there's been an attack going on by the cellular residue, which isn't a 90s grunge band. Meanwhile, Geordie <laughs> finds a holographic dog. No, wait, it's not holographic. Strange. Don't know why I'd say that. Blood traces at the station indicate the cellular residue was Lieutenant Unari's, and that somebody tried to steal messages from the station. Geordie decides the best thing to do for the investigation is to watch all her personal messages. All of them. Even the ones about her whining about her boss. Meanwhile, a Klingon who frequents the station to bully people is suspected. His name is Morag. The Klingon governor won't do anything about it until... Clang! Picard drops, name drops, Garon. Before you can say, oh, now he's alive, 
Oh, now he's alive. She okay. says that her boss attacked her. She tried to get a weapon, but then remembers nothing until the Klingons. Yep, we've all been there. <laughs> holographic Unari and Geordi seem to get on well. No, wait, she's not holographic. Strange. Don't know why I'd say she was holographic. <laughs> Roche's and Unari's records show that, uh, that that he's not how she says he is, and that she's insubordinate. Things really start to look bad for her when she deletes Roche's files on the relay station because she says that he was going to sack her. Actually, things really start to look bad for her when she joins Starfleet, if you ask me. The terrifying <laughs> Klingon, Morag, arrives on the ship. He confesses to a number of things, such as stealing the messages, putting the bump in the bump up bump and shooting the sheriff. But he did not <laughs> kill the deputy, or Rosha. In Onari's shuttlecraft, they find a phaser that has been set to go up to 11 instead of 1. Meanwhile, the cellular residue takes the form of Crusher's hand and reveals to be a cola, a cola, a shapeshifter. After Geordi and the clingy Unari consummate their relationship, she wants to link telepathically. Luckily, Riker arrives in time to arrest her, so they wait for either her or Morag to reveal themselves to be the shapeshifter. But not the dog. No way. Oh, wait, it's the dog. And it attacks Geordi just, bef uh, just before he kills it. Geordi, the dog murderer, and Wesley killed a guy. <laughs> I don't know these people anymore. <laughs> That would have been a much better title for the episode. Jordy the Dog Murderer, parentheses, and Wesley Killed a Guy. It's, Just so no one forgets. It'll be yeah. my first single. Listen, we must never forget that Wesley Killed a Guy and Worf can't hit a Ferengi that's five feet in front of him. No, nope. I will never forget that. No, we can never ever forget. And, also, and Jordy's the Dog Murderer and Troy likes chocolate. Oh, well. Troy actually gets a... a, a well, not a secondary characteristic, because that's her mother. A tertiary characteristic. Ooh. I just wanted to say tertiary. <laughs> oh, um, like a real person almost. Yeah. Well, no, we'll not a holographic one. No, not, not a holographic one. I don't one. know why you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> also, I didn't realize her name was Unari. I thought it was Umami, which means the savory flavor that, that your tongue can pick up in addition to salty, sweet, bitter, and uh, sour. Are you are you dropping science on me? I'm I, I totally I, am playing English guy. I have enough of that with him. <laughs> Listen, I learned that from QI until they tell me it was wrong. <laughs> yes, that's QI are getting back to me to tell me what book to read next. <laughs> oh, that's decent of them. It was Doctor McCoy cleans a basement. Look, look, I'll look it up while you guys talk. Okay, talk amongst yourselves, and I'll click around and type. And uh... all right, well, while he's doing that, yeah. Gav, what's your good thing? Okay, hey. <laughs> I was going to ask you your good thing. <laughs> My good yes. thing is uh, the Klingon. This is the only good thing. The, the Klingon, he says, yeah. concerned the at one point. Uh, the, uh, the the Morag. Okay. Morag the Klingon. I like how he <laughs> says concerned, like he's just learned the word. Uh, maybe it was on his word of the day calendar. I don't know. It was probably Keith Roches who was killed. The day before was Sinophobia, which is fear of dogs. Which leads into your good <laughs> thing, Matt. Yes. What, who, who started driving? What the hell? <laughs> Go look for your book. I'm looking right now. In point of fact. And my good thing is that this episode contains a dog. <laughs> what was the dog? Oh, a very, the dog's lo name. A very lovely dog. Sorry. Yeah, what was the dog's name? The dog's name uh, was Mora. Mera, I think. Mora. So you've got Torag, the Klingon governor. Then you've yep. got the Klingon Morag. And then you've got a dog called Mora. What's they spend they all just of their couldn't be bothered budget naming on anyone, could they? Wasn't Mora the uh, scientist that studied Odo when he was in a when he was in a bucket? Yes. Are you saying that Odo Bucket Odo was studied by a dog? I think that may be right, and I think that um, <laughs> a bucket dog. Odo is a distant cousin of this horrible. Uh, what was it, Gav? You you pretended not to be able to say it, but you said it like seven times when we watched the episode. Uh, a coalescent organism. Coalescent organism, right? I Which means he can turns into he can turn into Crusher's hand at the drop of a hat. He can turn right. into both Anything. Crusher's hand, a dog. And a peanut. That's it. Those are, <laughs> no, no, no. When it when it took the form of a big blobby thing, there is no other way to describe it than gold armus. Hey, you guys, you like my bling? <laughs> <laughs> okay, the book is called Star Trek: The Original Series Crucible. McCoy. All right, good. All right, everyone, you can read books again. Yes, except that one. If yes. you read that one, I will come to your house with a lead pipe that I got out of my basement, which is now clean and organized so I can find everything. You have a basement? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know well, until he started cleaning. Yes. Now I can go back to concentrating on the show, thank Christ. Well, thank God for that, because we were doing a terrible job running <laughs> it without you. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> 
<laughs> Al, what's your good thing? Well, funny you should ask. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just click on the document here. And, uh, <laughs> Matt, what the hell? You you say something because it's not coming up now. I am just. Gav, what's your what Gav? What's hell? your bad thing? Okay, here's the thing. We watched an episode about a fuck up Starfleet person, and now it's apparently been transferred to me. Now I'm a terrible podcast. <laughs> So, well, I can, uh, I'll tell you my bad thing then, unless... Yes, yeah? why not? Hey. My, my, my bad thing, and it links in with Matt, Matt's bad thing, but we'll get to that. Oh, yeah, it does. It's, it's, it's Acriel, because yep. uh, oh, she's God. just so annoying. And I, I don't know what Jordy sees in her. She just typifies so much wrong with people today. People who, instead uh, uh, of just relaxing about things, will go out of their way to complain and make things worse. Blaming other people for their problems, other than themselves... Really, how is she still in Starfleet? Just put her on the damn USS Hood. I mean, the writing of her is fine, but I don't like her character. I don't know if we're supposed to or not. Also, I think she's guilty still. Yeah, she acted so guilty all through the episode. I guess you guys weren't paying attention because it was the dog. <laughs> yeah, but if it wasn't the dog, it would have been her. That looks yeah, in well, with Matt's good thing. Yeah. I guess that's true. What Wasn't there... Wasn't, wasn't one or both of you guys saying that um, they didn't know who the killer was until they wrote the last act? Yeah. It was supposed to be Aquiel at first, but then they didn't want it to be, uh, what was it? They didn't uh, want Jordy's love interest basic to Basic in yeah. instinct, they didn't yeah. want it to be. They had everyone, I think they had everyone in the entire show except the dog be the killer at one point, And then yeah. well, made it the, the dog. rest of it would have made sense. They should have done three then, endings <laughs> like Clue. That would have been awesome. Uh, also, Gav, point of uh, point of order. Uh, I don't know what Jordy sees in her either because he's blind. <laughs> I was well, going to beat you that. Before. See, I think. Oh, that's what you're going to say. I think the uh, see it's, he's, he seems to like holographic characters because he can't see them. I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, I got to thinking like he's, he sees her first on a monitor, and I'm thinking, okay, how can he see? Okay, you know what? I don't care how Jordy's visor work. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But for a minute there, I was really like, okay, how does the, no. But it's that kind of episode where you want to think about anything but the episode. And we did. Matt. Hi. Tell me your bad thing, which apparently connects to Gav's bad thing. I, I, again, I don't even need to be here. He already said that. Okay. So Gav talked about how Aquiel, the character, is horrible and mm -hmm. awful. And he's absolutely right. I hate her. She's whiny and awful and just, yeah. And she's got bad makeup. The actor that plays her is also really terrible. Yeah. Like... When she's saying all those annoying lines, she's not saying them very well. Nope. She... Oh, go ahead. There's a scene where uh, Jordy's uh, trying to talk to her. Like, for... There's a scene where she's sick of everyone being mean to her. <laughs> and so she decides she's going to split from this murder investigation that's going on. And have a hissy fit. And Jordy chases her into her, into her quarters and goes, Why are you going? You can't leave. We're in the middle of a murder investigation. And also, I care about you for some reason. And she goes, I scared Jordy! Yes. <laughs> Which is just embarrassing. Why well, she's filling her suitcase full of luggage because she's going to run away. <laughs> That's it. I'm putting Jordy's chewed up boot. I'm putting this thing that is obviously a dog bone and not anything else. <laughs> And the terrible makeup that I'm wearing that implies that I'm an alien, but I maybe just have bad skin. Yeah, and I'm leaving and I'm never coming back. <laughs> yeah. These I'm, are the actions of an innocent person. I'm surprised you didn't pack them all into a bindle. <laughs> yep. That's it. I'm running away. Yeah, and she could you have a barrel as well. You won't have Aquiel Lunagi to push around anymore. <laughs> yeah, wearing a barrel cap? Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> or a basket. <laughs> yes. Oh, don't get Matt started on baskets. A basket? Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not like it's embarrassing how bad this character is. I like the idea, and I suspect this is Ron Moore. Like, well, I, that just takes me into my bad thing. Uh, Ron Moore should know better. It was him and Braga. It feels like such a Braga. Uh, oh, totally. Thing, but he should know better. Bad Ron Moore. Bad. No, we don't do Aquiel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that must have been his contribution because he loves the sort of flawed Starfleet officer, the people who aren't perfect and always friends. Yep. And it, it seems like the core of a good idea. It seems like this chick was so bad they transferred her out to the middle of fucking nowhere. Yep. And she's terrible. I like that. It just, yeah, she wasn't written well. She wasn't acted well. It just, it, it didn't come off the way it could have. No. Well, and uh, just... asked what, what he would have done differently in his time on Star Trek. Moore actually said that he wouldn't have written Aquiel. <laughs> Which is awesome. 
the thing is, we go on and on about Braga and his stupid concepts and whatever. But those two apparently loved writing together. And mm-hmm. if this is what comes of them writing together, then I guess I don't. No. Because sometimes you get two people. Like, I feel this way about the Beatles where I don't love McCartney's solo stuff, but Lennon and McCartney are fantastic. Like, sometimes you have two people who come together and make better stuff together than they do separately. And I thought maybe Moore and Braga were like that, but uh, apparently not. No. <laughs> I mean, you know, everyone has everyone has a bad day. Sure. But you know, Aquiel must have a, taken a week. So yeah. <laughs> Aquiel and I mean, several. it's not like... Yes. I mean, like, Braga's done episodes we lo- like, one episode we liked, at least. I think we've seen Did... him take spec scripts and do the actual screenplays or teleplays. Yeah. And that's probably, you know, because he knows how to write a teleplay. Mm-hmm. But if it's someone else's idea, then that's probably, you know, I don't like his plots, but I'm sure he can write characters fine. Yeah. Did he write Parallels? I don't know. I think so. Which one was Parallels? Uh, the Borger Everywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're not get, you're, you haven't got to that one yet. Right. Not yet. I love the shorthand we have. Not just Cloaked Face, the Borger <laughs> Everywhere. It's a fake. We'll come in DS9 later. Yep. What's the other one? We were just talking about it. Um, it's a fake. Yeah, there you go. It's a fake. <laughs> That's what I just said. We were Excellent. just talking about it. <laughs> and the thing is, if you were to pick a line of dialogue from this one uh, to to represent the episode, it would be well, yeah. it would be the one Matt's already said. Right. I scare Jordy. Oh, I scare. <laughs> I scare Jordy. The the thing is, Matt, that or it would be. Uh... <laughs> we were going to do an entire first half of the show just going ah ah. Uh, fortunately <laughs> as as so many other times during season six we got a we got a really bad one and then a quite good one right next to each other which i it keeps happening yep which i like um but i, I looking over matt's notes which you know we, we make the notes as we go he just gets angrier and angrier about it and yep matt honey you know it's gonna get <laughs> way worse before it gets better right yeah Actually, th- no, it's going to get way worse and never better, and then it's going to get way worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's the uh, here's the thing. I like if it's a bad episode of Star Trek, mm-hmm. that at least I can have fun with. Mm. But this episode is just boring. Yeah, that's a good. You point. know, it's like we have this character who, like, they they try to make you you care about her, mm-hmm. but it goes the exact opposite way by making her just the worst. Do, yeah. But do they make you? I don't, are they actually trying to well, make us I, care tr- about them? Tr- I think they're trying to make you care about her. Well, the thing is, if they're giving a love interest to one of the main cast, they must want us not to hate her. Yeah. Because we we like... Everyone loves Jordy, and yeah. we don't want to see him hook up with a with a horrible bitch. We want to see him hook up with a, you know, a nice girl. Well, well, and of course, in Memory Alpha, like, she had been planned to be a re- Like, they were wanted to give him a reoccurring love interest, so theoretically she would come back. I imagine LeVar Burton threatening, can I please once, just once? Alright, here you go. Oh. What, her? This is this is the bone you throw <laughs> me, huh? Yeah. This well, is it could be worse, the we could throw you the other bone. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bone. Uh-huh, sure it is. Uh-huh. Uh, so, my bad thing, the one that I picked, oh, excuse me, I said my bad thing. Ugh. You guys, <laughs> why don't you just go? Just... What's your good thing, Al? Thank you. <laughs> Okay, I have a self-imposed rule. We talked about this recently, about using Patrick Stewart's acting as my good thing. Mm. Maybe not forever, but for a while, because we just keep doing that, and it feels like a cop-out. Which is too bad, because there's a scene uh, with him and the Klingon governor, which is fantastic, that that Gav mentioned uh, in his uh, in, in his summary. Which is, he does that name-dropping Galron thing. And he doesn't do it the same way he did it in... Unification. Uh, unification, thank you. Uh, where he's like, you know, where in that the tone was sort of a uh, this this is a nice Klingon ship. It would be a shame if something happened to it. <laughs> it was sort of a well, if you don't help me, maybe Galron can. Like it was clearly a threat. You, this, this you one, don't know Galron. Oh, yeah. you haven't heard. Yeah. Well, and in this one, he's sort of casual about it. Well, I understand. You can help me. That's cool. I'll just call my old buddy Galron. You don't know Galron. Yeah, I was his arbiter of secession. Let me just, uh, hey, Worf, get him on the phone. He's just, he plays it, it's the he's same on, scene. He, he's on speed dial. Yeah, it's two. Can we, uh, just, <laughs> can we just phone up Garon here? Get his number on there. Get his number on the telephone. <laughs> <laughs> arbiter of secession. <laughs> 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 High counselor of the Empire. Have you heard of him? Yeah. No? Yeah. But he, it's the Big same. Big eyes. Gav pointed out, it's the same scene. But he plays it entirely differently, which is yeah. great. But again, I'm not allowed to use that for a while. 
That's just self-imposed. Okay, all jokes aside about Jordy's horrible approach to meeting women and, you know, the fact that once again he invades her privacy before he even meets her. Yep. I actually like the device of getting to know someone through her personal logs and all that. I think he thought she was dead, really. They mm-hmm. thought they were doing sort of a, a, a posthumous, you know, like what's going on here thing. Right. And the fact that he's sort of piecing the mystery together of who she was using scraps of information. And the information is biased. It's her personal log, so you're not getting a clear picture of who she is. No, she was definitely a wig enthusiast. We know that. <laughs> Listen, that wig was no stupider than, uh, than than Rand's terrible wicker hair, which you loved. That's true. Yeah. I, I just I think it's an interesting way to explore a character. It just sucks that the character was terrible. Yeah, she was so terrible that her sister lives light years away from her. <laughs> Everyone lives light years away from her. They posted her as far out as you can go. They, li- yep. they, li- they literally milled her as far out as Dorgo. <laughs> just, a, just a big crate arrives at the space station one day. I wonder what's in here. Oh. Uh, maybe I'll leave this shut. <laughs> they poked some holes. It's fine. Yeah, no, you're fine. You can work from in here. <laughs> Oh, there's a dog in let there? Let me well, out! I scared Jordy! <laughs> we should let the dog out, because that's that's cruel. Oh, so that's who let the dog out. Oh. <laughs> it's not a dog, Matt. It's a calf? Uh, it's Space Station. <laughs> no, damn it! <laughs> a transcendent globular oh, right. cell so, so, uh, Coalescent organism. Thank you. Big oh, gold it might have been a space. It could have been a space station. It could have been a space station. Maybe I the space station did it. It was the space station. <laughs> of course. That makes at least as much sense as anything else. This is one of those things that is only funny to me, but when I was living with my friend Mark, this episode was on, and... We usually watch the show together, and I went away, and I came back, and I said, was Star Trek good this week? And he just sort of grabbed me by the shoulders and said, it was the dog! <laughs> and that was just a joke with us and that's all. Years. That's all he ever said for six yes, years. that's all he ever said, yeah. He works for a major video game company now, and every line of dialogue that comes out of the character's <laughs> mouth is, it was the dog! And that's how Walking Dead won that award. Yeah, a trophy, Matt. He won a, he won a trophy. Oh, well. One best There's cup. A yeah, best cup. No, Matt's won that award. Nobody can take that away from him. No, I have a picture of it. Yep. Sup, best cup. Sup, cup. <laughs> there's a um, there's a bit at the very beginning when they beam over to the station, and it's like, Jordy, what is that noise? Turn it off. Jordy, look over here. Do this. Jordy, turn that off. Turn that on. Hey, Jordy, can you download this? Like, Jesus Christ, can you just give me a second? <laughs> Don't you people have stuff to do? Warp, and go shoot a hole in the floor. It was literally, there were just communication stuff going on, and he goes over and pushes the off button. Yeah. But yeah. Riker's like, Jordy, can you do something about that? Yes, yeah, so can you, ass. And then Riker's hurt. Well, gee, let no- me get my tools, uh, Riker get my tools out and <laughs> flick. He, he, Riker hears a knock-knock sound. He's like, Jordy, what is it? What, because Jordy has a visor, the only thing he's going to be good for is sound. Is that why I asked him? <laughs> well, his other, uh, his other senses compensate, I guess. At least they're not telling him to look at shit anymore. That's true. Uh, the other one was, uh, does this look like a loose panel to you? Yep, that's a loose panel. Sure is. Right. There's a oh, dog in here. <laughs> it was the dog. There's a dog in the vent. Once again. When, this, when, when the whole series is all over, I want to count how many times they've actually gone where no man has gone before. I bet it's 10% of the time. Yeah. We're at an outpost, again. Like, that's all they ever do. Diplomats, outposts, well, science stations. Vaccines, don't get the vaccines. No man's gone there before. Well, yeah, Unari was there at the dog. We haven't seen any men there. Okay, I should have said nor no one has gone before. Yeah. Uh, but I was Come on, we're in the 24th century now. A little equality? Eh? 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 That's a ah. <laughs> <laughs> What else? Uh, why did they leave the what dog else? with Geordie? Didn't they want to quarantine it or anything like that? No, you, nope. you found a dog at a space station. Find your keepers. You can have him now. He's got space rabies. Takes him back to the Enterprise. No problem. I, I mean, it think could it... be a F. coalescent organism. Thank you. I thought you were going to say space station again. <laughs> I hoped. For all they know. And so the transporter didn't pick... Ah, never mind. <laughs> just just never mind. It's just so clearly a last-second uh, decision, I, I like to know? think... You know, as a star, I don't know why I haven't thought of this before, but you know when Patrick Stewart does uh, Stardate 46918.2, I like to think he just makes them up. Nope. On, and when he's going into record. Ah, I think I'll have it 5864.7 after today. Nope. I told you, I know how those work. I know. Yeah, he does. But, dork. But yes. Which actually reminded me that this is mid-season uh, six. We're already at the middle. Yeah, we are. 
So there's that. There's not much TNG <laughs> left. You guys are awfully quiet over there. Uh, uh, Irony alert. Riker telling Jordy not to get too close. I mean, this is the guy who in the outcast got uh, quite close to some, uh, some woman in that or quote-unquote woman. Right. Yes. Her? Him? Her? Her? Really? <laughs> what, is she funny or something? Uh, <laughs> Let's hope. There's a, there's funny, a bit Funny where... like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a bit where um, the Klingon, the, the governor and the, the murder suspect are... Excuse me, the murder... Are uh, in Picard's uh, in the conference room and they're talking and they're talking in Klingon and blah 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 this Patak here and I just Picard's like Governor I'm the Patak you're talking about I speak Klingon and I'm standing right here yeah come on <laughs> yeah I told you about the Arbor of Secession thing right I know a little something about you guys and your language well he's Arbiter of Secession but he didn't know what was going on at the time <laughs> Look, he just he just in... pointed at someone and then changed uh, the entire galaxy. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Eeny meeny miny Mauron. He thought he was <laughs> he, he, he thought he was pointing at who was ordering dinner that day. <laughs> he you can't point away from the bug-eyed guy. You're just your fingers drawn to ah. 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 <laughs> but I mean every every Starfleet uh, cadet on up knows how to swear in Klingon. It's just one of those things. Well, of course, it's the first thing you learn. Right. Luckily, it also makes up most of the language, so. Well, yes. They they know how to say success. Give me some blood wine, and then the rest of it is just swearing. Yeah, and it was a space station. It wasn't a space. It was the dog. <laughs> it was a space dog. Oh, all right. what? Which I guess is technically true. Yeah, I suppose that's. Who brings a dog onto a space station? What a know. horrible thing to do. Who brings, Who brings a, a coalescent on organism onto a space station? Also a good question. Her? That's who? What? Oh god, she's just terrible. How did she? Like, where did she? No. I'm going to bring a big dog onto a fucking enclosed space station. Marmaduke. Where's the poop? <laughs> I mean, at one point she says, do I seem like the type to kill someone? And I'm like, no, just whine about it. <laughs> I don't know, we just met you, maybe. <laughs> yeah, probably, actually. She also, at some point, describes herself as acting on impulse instead of thinking things through. Which, no, that describes Kirk. You're just not good at your job. Yeah. Like, we've been taught in Star Trek that those are good qualities. You you do not use them well. And that's why you're in the, in a shitty little space station in the ass end of space. That's why you're at space station hood. Yep. They don't even have a ship anymore. No, yep. these people aren't going anywhere. No, I like the idea that she wasn't even allowed on the hood. At least they get stuff done on the hood. I still <laughs> she was point... transferred away from the hood. Yeah. <laughs> at some point, I really do want to write the adventures of the hood as we as we have imagined them. With Captain Chekhov. No, he's he's in charge, but he's still like Ensign Chekhov. Yeah. Commander Chekhov. He keeps getting shot every time. <laughs> I thought that if you were in charge of a ship, you got to be called Captain. Nope. Nope. I don't know where you heard that rumor. And don't try to kill anyone and move up in rank, because that doesn't work here. <laughs> we uninstalled the Agonizer. Oh, man. Well, I mean, Chekhov can still go in there, because he's a good screamer. But other than that... <laughs> he is a good screamer. Any any further points, either of you? I, I see the halfway point approaching, and I'm like, good, we can stop. No, that's fine. Uh, let me see here. No, I mean, nothing happened in this one. No, it was very boring, and nothing happened for 47 minutes. Yeah. Which is not great. She could, uh, like, any, could have done with less singing, but that's about it. Yeah, if they were going to sing, they might as well just make a musical episode. I would have been fine with that. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. This this was kind of a cock tease. <laughs> You don't get the proper singing. You just get a little bit of this woman terribly sort of trying to sing. Oh. oh. Um, if there were ever – when TNG wrapped up, if they'd ever done a prop au auction, mm -hmm. more than anything else, I would I would pay incredible amounts of money for the half-formed bever hand sticking out of the pink slime. <laughs> half-formed bever hand would have also been a better I'll uh, just give you a tour of my house. Uh, over there is the TV, and that's the bever hand. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so this is the famous Beverhand. Uh -huh. Ooh, from the Beverhand collection. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm worth it. <laughs> oh, of the Massachusetts Beverhand? The same. <laughs> the very same. Do you know them? Uh, just heard them by reputation. <laughs> <laughs> Only by reputation? Yes. Gav, right. why don't you give us your quote? Uh, oh, shit. Damn it. I'm just going to sit back here. And read My quote, the, as you ask me about it, is thusly. 
it's uh, it's Troy's entire speaking lines of dialogue from all the scenes in this episode. Uh, it might take a lot of editing out, but oh, uh, no, no. If you're you, putting that if, together. I'm not if, doing that. If you can mm-hmm. put if you can put it in here. Concerned. I mean, that, right. I mean, that's it. Just that one word. Oh, okay. I thought you were really going to give me some editing because I wasn't paying attention. If you didn't notice, <laughs> for all I know, Troy had an indignant speech in the middle, and I eh, whatever. I mean, I said one word. Couldn't they give her the day off? <laughs> that's the thing. I don't think you get paid as an actor if you don't have dialogue. Like, I mean, you get paid, I, but I don't think you get paid full. No, yeah, I thought if you like, were on the uh, in the credits, you got paid. Maybe that's what it is. I know extras get paid separately from people with like yeah. one line. But you might be right about the credits thing. I don't know. The important thing is we're we're not going to talk about this again. Ever again. Let's never I, speak I of this again. Speak of which? Speak of this. I The only thing I will remember is that I got up and made myself some breakfast as I watched this episode. I had some cereal and an English muffin. They were tasty. Sounds really good. Yeah. We could, right. we, could have, we could have talked about that for the, like half an hour. Yeah, I put peanut butter on the English muffin. Brilliant. Yeah. No, I'm not a fan of peanut butter. Well, see, oh. there we go. There's our discussion. <laughs> but peanut butter is really good. Get, yeah. Well, now, Eat it. Uh, smooth, smooth, smooth or, or crunchy? Yeah. Crunchy? Uh, well, see, there what, are you insane? Well, well yes. I, <laughs> I bet she doesn't like peanut butter either. Who? Probably not. Um, Umbriel? Umbriel. <laughs> yes. All right, let's 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 move forward. Speaking of Troy, which we oh, weren't, yeah. but I'm trying my best here. Uh-huh. We, clearly, we, clearly we know your you best are, isn't honey. good enough this week. <laughs> we got him calling us honey. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you guys segue then? I'm just going to... I'll be over here eating my English muffin. So, Gab, you want to hear about Face of the Enemy? Uh, nothing will give me greater pleasure. All right, that was easy. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> All right, so Counselor Troy awakens from yet another dream about her mother to find herself a Romulan on a Romulan ship. Gasp! Choke! What a surprising development! And then Romulan sub-commander Plastic Bug Eyes kicks the door open to drop some exposition on her ass. Troy's been kidnapped from a chocolatier's convention and forcibly surgery to oversee the transport of some stasis-stuffed Romulan senator guys who are defecting the Federation. It's all part of Spock's reunification plan, so no worries, everyone. Except for the fact that Troy has absolutely no training in espionage and no knowledge of Romulans. Still, best foot forward and all that. Plastic Bug Eyes has ensured that Troy is undercover as a member of the Tal Shiar, the Romulan secret police. So everyone on the ship should at least listen to her, which is a plus. Unfortunately, the ship's commander, Toreth, is the most hardcore, badass female Romulan commander since, well, the female Romulan commander. And Troy's good-natured soft-spokenness doesn't really carry a whole lot of weight there. Meanwhile, the Enterprise, which, yes, is in this episode, picks up a rather ridiculous-looking bosomy human defector from the Romulans. I'm sure he has a fascinating backstory, but the guy is utterly ridiculous-looking, so let's ignore everything he says. Everything he says except to where the Romulan ship Troy is on is and its cargo of senate-sicles. The Enterprise heads off to meet up with the ship under the orders of an acknowledged traitor and turncoat. N- nice one, fellas. Back on the Romulan ship, Troy and Tereth encounter some aliens who arrive to pick up the cargo. Troy senses the aliens are up to no good, showing the first time her empathic powers have ever been useful. And plastic blow eyes, bl- or and pa- plastic blow eyes, plastic bug eyes blows them up. Troy defends PB to Toreth just as the Enterprise shows up. Luckily, the Romulan ship is cloaked. Troy takes over the ship, Commodore style, contacts Picard, and beams the senator over. Unfortunately, Toreth realizes that she and Plastic Bug Eyes are up to no good and disintegrates him. She's about to fry Troy, too, when the Enterprise beams her over to safety. Back on the Enterprise, Troy has her features surgically altered back to human, and her hair surgically altered back to long. The end! Excellent! Okay, usually this is where I say something, but I'm just going to, you know. Oh, right, okay. Well, my good thing. Then, yes, tell me about it. Uh, no, 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 uh, hang on, hang on. Well, First, you have to say something like a, a follow-up thought before you go into your good thing about that. Well, well we're unfortunately, do, that one's we're, on you, Gab, because as I, the we're person doing just it my finished. Now. My uh, good uh, thing uh, is uh, Taurus, the uh, female commander who's not the female commander. Uh, oh, God, she's awesome. It's great that she's not just an evil Romulan or a good one. You know, she, she's in between. She is a, she's a passionate... Um, Romulan patriot, but she just yep. does not like the Tal Shiar. No. Plus, there's <clears throat> Caroline Seymour again, and she's not in enough things. 
In fact, she's in one of the few good Quantum Leap episodes. But anyway, enough wow. about Quantum Leap. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty she did she it's pretty she didn't reprise her role as the previous Romlin that she played in like season two or three. But it's No, it's, apparently they they talked they talked about that, but they figured they thought she was dead or something. Hmm. I um okay, first of all, is she British or is she fake British? Because there's there's a point where she says engage the cloaking device. I think she's fake British. I, she did it really well, and she sounded sinister, which is you know that's, that's what the she does best. That our villains. Are. What's that? That's what she does best. Although she what, was also British? she was also in tick, 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 First Contact mm. as a as... good scientist person. Oh, she she was the You're... one who wanted to stay behind First Contact. You know the one where they make First Contact. Oh, she was oh, the yeah, one who episode, wanted to stay behind movie. with that's the Enterprise. Where before, right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The movie First Contact. I'm like, there's no scientists in there the guy who invented warp drive is a drunk rock and roll enthusiast <laughs> he's a drunken scientist yes <laughs> drunken time travel dot blogspot.com <laughs> i i do think that character was fantastic and she is more sympathetic than troy yeah who has to be the secret police you can really see the the romulan commander's uh perspective which is the secret police are scary what they killed her dad right yeah yeah. And what the fuck are you doing on my ship? I'm trying to be professional here and you're just running around doing whatever you want and that's isn't yeah. cool. There there's a there's a point where uh, Troy mentions that everyone on the ship is just terrified of her. Yeah. And Which is understandable. Fucking Talshiar is scary people. They are, and it's cool that we get well, that that actually goes right into my good thing. Hey, the Romulans. Remember them? We they really start fleshing out the whole uh like what they're about. We never heard of the Tal Shiar before. We get sort of their whole secret police thing. And eventually through DS9, we'll find out that the Cardassians have one. The Federation yep. actually has one. Yep. But for now, this is the only one we know about. And it's cool to see the way things work from their perspective. We see activate the clerking device. And we see, <laughs> you know, Picard on screen. And there's just a lot of cool stuff seeing the situations we usually see from the other side. Mm -hmm. which, I, which I really like. And overall, we get a better idea of what the Romulans are about here than I think we ever have before. Which is very cool. Yeah. It is very cool. The, ori the original Romul female Romulan commander was also Aspach, apparently. Oh, wow. But she, yeah, was, I mean, I but guess... she was she was unavailable. Can't see her being busy. That's too bad. But... That would have been that would have been awesome. Well, I don't I don't know if she went on to other things. I mean Neither presumably do I. I'm she just was making... a Batman villain because they all were. <laughs> well, yeah, at one point or another. Right. She was uh, she was Bookworm's girlfriend. Uh, probably, yes. <laughs> Played by Roddy McDowell. There you go. <laughs> who was a brother to Malcolm McDowell, who killed Captain Kirk. And we all move up and run. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, it would have been great to bring her back because we know that Vulcans are long-lived, so presumably Romulans would be as well, and she'd just mm -hmm. be 75 years older. Which, that would have been very cool. Yep. Also, but then I feel like they would have taken the opportunity to give her a name... And I kind of yeah, like they couldn't it. have just kept calling her the female <laughs> Romulan commander, which kind of ties into what one of you was saying about the way they tied in Spock. Apparently, they were going to do some ridiculous thing with him. Oh God, yeah. Yes, she uh, was uh, uh, like uh, what do you call him? What do you call the chief guy on the show? Berman. Berman. Say, I know stuff. Berman says <laughs> that. Uh, he he talked about the people in the the sensicles being <laughs> um, uh, one of them being Spock, and then you're finding out whenever they get them at the end that Spock didn't make it, and he, and he yeah. died off screen. Let's kill him off screen on a show that he's only been on once. Well, that's, it's yeah. an awful idea, but I like it just because it would wind people. That's up. <laughs> oh God! The thing is, well, it clearly, if you made him. Star Trek, it would be all about making people angry. Yes. Yeah. Everyone's so angry in this episode as well. <laughs> yeah, but they do it well, which actually ties into Matt's good thing. Oh, yeah. So this is the best Deanna has ever been in an episode ever. I mean, yeah, she was great in Fistful of Datas, but this is different. This is a high-pressure, delicate political mission that, if it failed, would at best result in her death and at worst in a, in a war. And she does amazing. Her sparring with uh, with Toreth is some of my favorite stuff in the entire episode. Now, you're, you're talking about Troy. Yeah, Troy. The character. Deanna Troy. <laughs> who, yeah, okay, no, 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 I'm just saying, because similarly to the way you guys talked about Aquiel, the character, and the actor who played her, I think mention needs to be made of Marina Sirtis totally carrying all the stuff that Troy's oh, never yeah. done before as well. Yeah, no, she kicks so much ass in this yeah. episode. There's no point, I mean, she's asked to do so many things she's never done before, and there is no point where we feel like, oh, well, somebody else would have done a better job with that, but yeah. good try. 
No, her, um, this is actually my quote too, so we might as well stick this in here. All right. Is, uh, like her, her, when she kicks the, uh, the command, the Robin commander off the bridge mm-hmm. and just sort of takes control, it is such a well done scene. Step down or I will have you removed. Do you think anyone here will listen to you? If any one of you defies the Tal Shiar, you will not bear the punishment alone. Your families, all of them, will be there beside you. I am now commander of this ship. You will take orders from me and no one else. Remove Commander Tereth from her station. If she resists, shoot her. And the progression progression from when she's terrified at the beginning until she's completely doing that is so gradual and so understandable. And, like, you realize Troy has this depth. She could do that. Yeah, she's just amazing in this. It's incredible to finally uh, see her. It just doesn't take any shit. Yeah. Yeah. But we never – all she does is take shit on the Enterprise, just – she doesn't do anything, and it's nice to see her, you know. What what I love is, uh, and we go on and on about uh, re- female representation. It's because I'm married to a feminist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is a good thing to keep an eye on. And I, the fact that, first of all, Romulan society is egalitarian. They have female commanders, and it's just not a thing. They wear the same uniforms. They do the same jobs. It's yeah. It's just not a thing. Whereas, as far as I can tell, in Starfleet, there is still no room for your... Uh, <laughs> For your female uh, captain. For your Romulan um, female commander. Right. But there's a female captain squaring off against a, a senior female Tal Shiar commander. And mm-hmm. they, they don't mention – it's not like, oh, the girls are fighting. or oh, They're just two powerful characters squaring yeah. off, and I love that. No, in fact, yeah, it's, it's so just, awkward it's that so uh, well some of the people are just igno- or just you know looking out into space and hoping it'll go away. Right. Awkward. This is so awkward. I don't like it when mommy and daddy fight. Mommy and mommy. <laughs> yes. But that's, to me, we've been talking all along about strong female characters and blah, blah, blah. This is how it should be. Don't make a big deal out of it. Just give us strong characters. And they did that, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. She was she was just amazing. Yeah, this is the, seriously, best Troy episode ever. And, I mean, that's not a very big... You know, category. No, but I mentioned but it's but it still is a nice great to episode because because yeah. of her. I think, and I don't know. I don't know this for sure. I never actually read this, as far as I know. But I said this before. It feels like they're trying to fix Troy this season. Mm-hmm. It feels like they said, "Jesus, they, six years we haven't done anything good with this character. It's time to do something." Yeah, and two, you know, two shows in the first half of the season, they've totally done that. Yep. Well, I better no, they've they've done, never. They... Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they've gone out of their way to make her into a real character, finally. Yeah, which is nice. Beverly, not so much, but no. she has a good one coming up, so there's that. Oh, is it the one where she fucks a ghost? <laughs> yeah, actually. <Yeah>. Spoilers. <laughs> good. Because I think people thought the ghost fucked her, and now you've ruined the end. Also, it was the dog. <laughs> dog it was the dog, dog ghost. <laughs> <laughs> The ghost of a dog. Ghost dog, which is yes. a comic book. Was it? Yes. I think so. Right. Oh, wasn't it a movie about a samurai or something? No, that, that does it. sound. Oh wait! Oh right, the with Forrest oh, Whitaker. No, no, yes, that's Ghost Dad with uh, Bill Cosby. No, Ghost Dog, which was the sequel. Oh, I see. It wasn't when Bill Cosby's dog turned into a ghost, and then uh, Ghost Leonard Part Six. Yeah, and then Ghostbusters too. Right. <laughs> I'd get it in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, At one point, so they're gonna... in her Romulan quarters. Sorry, I was just going to shove mm-hmm. this in. No, go ahead. Uh, I forgot to point out when we were watching it, but there's like like these brown heart things that are on her table, and I just wondered were they chocolate hearts? And uh, did she ask <laughs> for them as, exp- as a precondition to agreeing to this? <laughs> right. Well, and that actually leads me into my bad thing. She didn't agree. Seriously, this is the most contrived situation maybe in the history of Star Trek. We kidnapped you, surgically altered you, then dropped you in a Romulan ship with no briefing until you wake up. Then we give you 30 seconds of explanation. Oh, and we drugged you because we weren't sure if you'd say yes. Isn't that what date rapists say? Yes. Yeah. Like, okay, this is a fantastic episode, but the way they get there is just yeah. like, what? Why didn't no, I mean. Just, why didn't they just say, I've agreed to go on this highly, you know, dangerous mission? 
that would have added some strength to Troy, where she would have been brave enough to do it instead of dropping a weak character in, making her freak out, and then find the strength. Yeah, it, it feels like the only reason they did it was for that... Uh, the shock that, teaser, uh, absolutely. The shock teaser, yeah. Which is, admittedly, one of the great teasers of Star Trek. You get, you know, a minute before the credits, you hear her voice in the dark, she looks in the mirror, and she's Romeo. What the fuck? Yeah. Which is cool. But it could have been just as cool to make it a surprise to us, and she still knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think. But it was this guy, was it no. Novak who did that? He's just more insane than an insane Romulan. I mean, it's just, at one point he says, a number of people have died in this mission, and then I thought he was going to say, admittedly by my hand. Yes, you killed them all. <laughs> Stop killing people and they won't die. Well, and there's a point where they talk about how the Tal Shiar officer that Troy's pretending to be was a real person that they killed mm. so that Troy could take her place. She doesn't blink. She's like, oh, oh well. I'm well, here. that is what Romulans do. But then when he fires on the, the cargo ship or whatever it is that and blows it up, she's like, there were 18 lives on that ship. So, okay, that killing was okay, but this killing isn't. Like, what's the difference? Well, uh, maybe eight, she knows how, uh, how asshole the Jatel Shiar are. I guess. A factor of 18. <laughs> plus the, plus the, Romulan, the Romulan ship is lousy with Romulan corpses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're frozen, so it's okay. It has frozen <laughs> corpuscles. Wouldn't that At least suck? they didn't bludgeon them. To get them over to the Enterprise, thaw them out, and they're just dead. <laughs> yep. Well, and one of them was Spock. He's <laughs> <laughs> been dead before. It's <laughs> nice. Uh, so, Gav, Hi. bad thing? My bad thing is the, the, the start scene. You know where they, to get that teaser bit where, where it's all dark, person wakes up in right. a Romulan uniform, and then you hear her voice. And then you you see the mirror and the lights and it's her. Mm-hmm. Could he, they couldn't have made it. But it wasn't obvious that the Troy was a Romulan before they even did that. Because you recognize yeah, you recognize your voice and the person's dressed yeah. as a Romulan. So yeah, it's not hard to see the Romulanness. No, see, I'm, I, if I, I didn't have her speak, way. it would have been better. Mm. I I go the other way. I think you should just think it's Troy and not really make out that she's a Romulan. You want it the other way around, where you know it's. Well, a I'm fine with that. If they had it completely dark and you didn't yeah. see it, yeah, yeah. Frankly, either of them would have been fine. Yeah, but, but... they played this sort of weird middle thing. I believe uh, DS9 has a, a similar setup where Kira wakes up as a Cardassian, and I think they do it the way I'm talking about. Yeah, it's a yeah. Where you think it's just Kira saying computer lights. And then you see she's a Cardassian and you freak out. But She looks in the mirror and she's Troy as Romulan. Damn it, how did this happen? <laughs> and then she's Someone a dog. Someone freaky Friday me. <laughs> it was the dog. But Gav, you're right. Either they should have played it as this is a Romulan, you don't know who it is, or this is Troy and you don't know what's happened to her. But they have this weird sort of middle ground. Yeah, that was, that was the only thing I could think of that was really yeah. apart yeah, from, it's apart a, from the stuff we already mentioned. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, no, it's a fantastic fucking episode. It is, but Matt picked another bad thing. So what, I did pick another bad, bad thing. thing. The the creepy looking turncoat guy that they pick up has a very pronounced bosom, and it's very <laughs> disturbing. I just didn't notice. That. I didn't notice the guy's bug uh, eyes I, either, uh, even when you pointed it out. Uh, no, the, the, yeah, the, the creepy Romulan guy, Stefan Dasav is his name. Yeah, I, but there's the, the, this guy who I, I guess. You know, decided to defect to the Romulans uh-huh. for and lived pet. there for like twenty years. Yeah, he, he was an ensign and he defected. Like, okay. yeah, he's just I don't like Starfleet anymore. I'm going to go be a Romulan. Yeah, and the Romulans were apparently like, yeah, human, come on in. Yeah, I, you, got, you got blonde hair like we all do. And you, welcome you, aboard, no man. Twenty years, that's fine. <laughs> so did he last on Romulus for twenty years? I. That's what I want to know. Yeah. I mean, the guy's a fucking goof, too, so, like... <laughs> See, I disagree. And he was wearing a brown onesie, for God's sake. Yeah, that's my point. Well, they threw him into the brig, so maybe that's the prisoner outfit. <laughs> or, 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 as you said, it is the brig. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> there is no escape. It's like the Phantom Zone. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just picturing him tumbling through space. Yep. See? <laughs> tumbling through space saying, It was the dog! It was the dog, <laughs> <laughs> I okay. He looked a little goofy. He was a bit yes. big for the uh, outfits they put him in. He had blonde hair. On the other hand, I love the character and I love the idea of the character. All right, where he's a defector and he kind of feels bad about that, and he comes back to help. And there's some nice little subtle character things where he doesn't remember what it's like to be human. He doesn't remember what it's like to be around humans because he's been away for so long, mm-hmm. and they don't call attention to it. But he's like. Uh, 
yeah, the the Romulan ship wants to um, rendezvous. Like he'd forgotten the word, which I thought was yeah. cool. And he calls Picard commander at first because that's who's in charge of a Romulan ship. He's like, oh wait, no, you're you're captain. I just I thought the way they played that was cool because that's what it would be like. Yeah, and wasn't one of you weren't one of you saying that there was an extra deleted scene as well? Yeah, I agree with you. I liked the character as well, but you didn't really see too much of him really. It would have been better if well, it was an episode where it would you know it could have been more of the focus. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that actually would have been cool. We've talked about that before, where there's a great thing happening in the B story and it just doesn't get enough attention. But the problem is you don't want to take away from the A story yeah. either. No, you don't. No, definitely it's, not. He, he, it's, he's an interesting concept, but they use him as like just a means to an end. They yeah, use him to get just, yeah. the Enterprise right, to but, catch up to the Warbird. But to me, good writing is this isn't padding or just story service. There's also an interesting character doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's basically we, a singing telegram from Spock. Yeah, right. rather say, than just the yeah. telegram. He yeah. sings. Alas, he sings. He, alas, no one shoots him. Right. In <laughs> and one, like and one, and one scene which they deleted, which I think you mentioned earlier, uh, he was in his quarters trying to get uh, the replicator to get some coffee, but he forgot mm-hmm. what coffee was. Yes, yeah, I love that. Uh, so we could only recall it as Vorchak, which, uh, <laughs> which has an apostrophe in it. Of course it does. Why? Which is which is well, I was yeah. kind of thinking about earlier. You know, alien names they always have apostrophes all over uh-huh. all over the fantasy names, all over sure. the fucking place. Yeah. Uh-huh. Why? Why apostrophes? I don't know. Why? Because, why uh, not? I don't know. Colons or ampersands. Ampersands or a, or a... yes. Yeah. Like um. Well, that's how you pronounce the. Uh, that's how you pronounce the apostrophes. Yeah. Yeah. It's work chop. Yeah. Work. Obviously. Work. Yeah. See, now you're starting to sound like uh, that 80s comedian. Oh, sure. Good. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) There's a a bit where uh, Troy is like, you have to go to dinner. You have to to eat at the captain's table or the commander's table. And it's like, that feels like the setup for a wacky, like, um, comedy, like like a slapstick farce type thing. Yeah, you would think, Where right? She reaches for the wrong fork, and she uh-huh. doesn't know. But they play it well. No, it's actually a very tense scene. It is because rather than have that happen, she's like, "You should try the whatever," and she reaches for a different thing, mm-hmm. probably because she doesn't know. Well, yeah. And she's like, "Well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to eat that." What do you think of that? And Gav, you were saying that your quote would have been. Yeah, she says. She says, "Oh, well, you you could have at least eaten the thing." And Troy was like, uh, "I've had better, whatever it was, on a prison ship." <laughs> Yeah. Which, uh, which is quite good. I love well, the the food on prison ships is quite good. Yeah, so. that's why Kirk loved going to penal colonies because yeah. he was tired of eating those red cubes all the time. Well, well, he, <laughs> well he heard the word be. penal and thought it was a sexually transmitted clinic or something. Well, right. <laughs> then he just brought a doctor around with him all over the place. Yeah, until Kirk, there was no doctors on starships. Right, and then they brought families for some reason. Yes. <laughs> Probably uh, because of all the kids that Kirk was having. <laughs> <laughs> comes back to that guy but I, I think that was sort of the turning point where Troy realized I could look awkward and out of place or I could turn those situations around and because I'm allowed to do whatever I want mm-hmm. so I can make reaching for the wrong dish look awkward or I can make it look like fuck you that's what I meant to do which I like yeah she does that really well and that's it the whole thing is just done excellently it is and I think someone must have seen that crummy possession episode I don't remember which one it was because it had Power a play. generic title. Thank you. I just remember, oh, Gregory was on that show. That was good. But I don't remember yeah. which which one it was. And we, we talked about this then. She played evil really well. It was just a stupid episode. Yeah. And someone said, why don't we get get her somehow to play a cold-hearted, evil, you know, callous bitch? And mm-hmm. she did that here, and she was great. Yeah. And then she's probably just going to go back to sensing pain. Pain. Yeah, it I was great. Oh, I hope this it was is great the turnaround for her. causing pain, rather than just <laughs> saying she felt it. Right. Exactly. I I loved. We talked about this briefly when uh, you did your good thing, Gab. I love the respect that uh, uh, what's her name, female female Romulan commander Junior Taurus has. Yes, thank you. Has for Starfleet. She doesn't see them as we must destroy them. We must cross over the neutral zone. She's like, no, we're not allowed to do that. This is cool. <laughs> Starfleet. Matches us evenly. They can detect our cloaking. You know, yeah. she has respect for them, which is nice that not every Romulan is kind of a dick. Yeah, there's actually, there's a really good line where she says, despite what your propaganda might have told you, the Federation isn't stupid or weak. Right. And there's a, there's a lot of that as they as they approach the Enterprise. Like, we can't just sneak in there. They'll find us. And mm-hmm. they're, you know, 
it was I really like that, and I like again how sensible that character was. Yeah, I also feel like she and Troy had she met the real Troy under different in another universe, she could have called her friend. Is what I'm getting at. <laughs> I was like when Ron Millen say that. Yeah, they're not so different. She and she. Yeah. Seriously though, like her, she was so sensible and principled. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she and Troy would have been quite at odds if it was the real Troy, which I thought was kind of cool. But Troy had to pretend to be completely, you know, a jerk. Yeah, that's what right. I like, that she she had principles, she stuck by them. Yeah. She wasn't just, aha, I'm an evil Romulan. No, there was no actual villain in this. In a way, this was sort of well, Jane's vision-y. Well, like, there, well, there was. Mm-hmm. In fact, well. he was a fucking nut, killing people everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but then he got <laughs> vaporized, so it's okay. <laughs> Thanks. That's such a cool effect. I love those yeah, Romulan love disintegrators. The, it's it's just the Romulan one. No, I guess the Klingon Klingon one's too. like that because it's like on Star Trek don't, Three. Yeah, that's don't true. the the Klingon ones leave the skeleton? Well, they briefly have a skeleton, but I don't yeah, you leave. die and then you turn into a skeleton and then you disappear. Yeah, that. Well, I mean, that's how everyone works. It's just, you can just <laughs> see the skeleton for a minute. It's just it's <laughs> just it's quicker that way. Right. No, I do love the effect where they just sort of like the disappearing effect sort of spreads up them real quick. And it looks very cool. I like mm-hmm. that a lot. One thing uh, I thought, I mean, how does Troy have the access codes to, you know, the, the Enterprise and, uh, or, the, or, the, or, the sh- or the shields to get through the shields to the Well, she is station. a senior officer. She yeah, is, they might just be standard for the, the... The senior bridge crew. The senior bridge crew. Because, yeah, I mean, or, or, jokes aside, she is a lieutenant commander and she is part of the senior bridge crew. But, but would everyone have the, I mean, is, do the Federation have the same password for everything? <laughs> Or do they, yes. do they have to change it every month and change the number? There might be the, the ships might all have different ones. Yeah, I think they do, and I think, like I say, I think her and Riker and Worf and Data and maybe Jordy know what it is. But I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. I, I think like the whole contrivance thing. Like I said, the on the other hand, there is a reason it's her, and it's because one, she's an empath, and they need someone that can sort of feel their way around the situation. Two, she is a Starfleet officer who's who specifically knows about the Enterprise. And and there was a third one, and now I don't remember what it was. No, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Probably because specifically she knows the Enterprise. She knows Picard, and he knows the whole Spock thing. That's probably it. Well, he knew. But, he, uh, he asked her at one point, would you know, you would know if I was lying. Mm-hmm. And she was like, uh, best, yeah. best out of three? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like it's like Matt said. She actually uses her empathic powers to her advantage. Like mm-hmm. you joke a little bit. I think we've pointed out one or two other times where they've worked, but not often. Yeah, it was uh, it was with Jellico, where yeah. they had the meeting with Cardassians, and she said he's lying. You know? Oh no, no, no! It was with Jellico. That's what it was. And uh, he seems very confident. He's not. Yeah, yeah. He, that was... he seems very sure of himself. No, right. no, he's not. That was great. I did like and that. And that was yeah. like, I don't know, two or three episodes ago. So she's starting, she's like, oh yeah, like maybe she left, had them turned off or something. <laughs> maybe she forgot to hit record. Maybe There's that's it. There's a button on the back of or her like neck Dana that she turns just didn't notice until now. She right. just yeah. turns that off. Right. Uh, oh, and one other thing I wanted to mention was uh, Worf in the previous episode has his normal uh, Prince Valiant hair. In this one, he's got his full ponytail. There was no progression. He just now has a ponytail. I found that odd. Apparently, you can just make hair. They do it to uh, Troy at the end of the episode too. I I like her curly hair there. I thought. Yeah, no, it looks good. You can make hair. <laughs> oh, Gav! <laughs> I have to oh. quote Star Trek three. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking because you don't have a lot of hair. Oh right, no, I was uh, paraphrasing Star Trek three. But uh, thanks, thanks for that. Yep, I like yep. I like that reaction. There's like, oh right, I don't have that much hair. Oh. Oh, my Fuck hair you. is gone. <laughs> That's for I was going to make show. a. I was giving myself a ponytail there. <laughs> oh god, I was awful with that. Out of an actual pony. <laughs> yes, or a dog. No, it yeah. was the dog. It was the dog. <laughs> well, one thing I, I thought is d- whenever uh, Troy talks, as a Romulan talks to Picard on the Enterprise, whenever she appeared, I wondered to think, "Oh God, not again!" Yeah. With the whole yeah. Tasha appearing thing. Uh. What is with people from this crew turning into Romulans? Right. Another rape, no, baby. no other people from this crew are turning into Romulans. And Worf's like, thank God. <laughs> Especially not you, Wesley. <laughs> no, he turned into a Ferengi. Yeah. And then a dog. <laughs> because he was a, what is it, Gav? 
coalescent organism. Thank you. Um, That's right. She's a dog. <laughs> Five feet above the covers. <laughs> so yeah, I assume that uh, that uh, Mr. Mott is just out there making hair, just like spinning hair. Yeah, in his hair workshop. On a, in a hair like loom. Is he Rumpelstiltskin now? Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's spinning gold into hair. Right. He's spinning hair into golden ormus. <laughs> I don't think we're going to top that, so uh, <laughs> any of you guys have any final thoughts before we, uh, uh, before we make Matt say that thing that makes the show over? No, I, I think that's... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to top uh, yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's it. Anything? Nope. Oh shit, I forgot to hit record. No, I... Son of a bitch! <laughs> Alright, Matt, say it. Let's get out of here. It was the dog! <laughs> Mendoza! <laughs> See you, The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2013. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.